The Youthscape Podcast. Everyone, just stop the press. What you're doing, put it down, put it down. Just put it down, don't pick it up. You have tuned in to the 100th podcast episode. She's actually dancing. (laughs) Join in any time, Martin. She's actually actually dancing. Get your hands in the air, 100. It's our 100th episode. Did you just write some theme music? I did. I wrote the theme tune. I sang the theme tune. That's brilliant. Martin, 100 episodes. Oh, I know. Sorry, I should be showing more enthusiasm. This is incredible. I can't believe we've got this far. So Nobody can believe we've done this many. So what does it mean, 100 episodes? It means we're going to look back with fondness over, uh, is it 100 guests? Probably slightly less. No more. Because we've had pairs. We've had pairs. We've had some double ups, but we've had some pairs, some double episodes in one. Yeah. There was one where we had like three people. Oh, yeah. So that was your YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So I reckon we're over 100 guests. That's extraordinary. And the range has been from sort of cutting edge youth workers working in whole different contexts. To really boring, terrible youth. <laughs> I was gonna say hosting. That. Why do I have to hosting every week? Like, Why have you made that a continuum? Well, we've had like head teachers, we've had teachers, oh, yeah. we've yeah. had people on questions, film directors, film directors, people who are kind of mindfulness experts, gender justice experts, yeah. youth workers, you and me, you and me, a whole range. A What's couple been? of terrible moments where we've had guest hosts that haven't worked at all. <laughs> I've not liked that. No, <laughs> you didn't enjoy that. They've done amazingly, but I didn't like that. That was. A, remember, we got complaints when we changed the hosts. I was quite happy. The unbelievable that. thing is not that we managed to record this a hundred times because you could argue anybody yes, exactly, could do that. Exactly. Exactly. However, what's amazing is that you guys have listened to it. You've tuned in. I wonder if anybody has. And they have. One person even reviewed it on iTunes. <laughs> and um, and and and. But we've had two hundred and fifty thousand uh, downloads oh, of the Youthscape podcast. Oh. And uh, thank you, friends. Look, coffee. Oh, oh my for us? Yeah. Oh, yeah. 100 oh, episodes, Eleanor! The timing of that! Eleanor. Did you know that we're recording our 100 years, Eleanor? 100 yeah. years? 100 years? <laughs> 100 episodes, did you know? Did you know? I you didn't, just... but coffee now. Oh, Eleanor! Sub producer oh, Eleanor! I don't, awesome. know, I don't know how that sounds, but the, t- the timing of that was quite oh, it's wonderful. Just beautiful. We are starving. We've hungry. actually got coffee. Oh, I'm so hungry and so thirsty. It's not food. Just that let is you know it's no, not food. No, but that's fine. It's caffeine. Look, oh, let's look see. at this. I think she what did got you get? the orders right. She got me a flat white. What did you get? What did oh. I get? Producer Rachel's is not going to say. It's big. Hang on. It's let an eggnog. Me... It can't be eggnog. It can't be eggnog. No, We're recording this in, in March. It's she Hang on a minute. Is it an eggnog? It is eggnog. She did plan this. How? And this is my flat white. I have a flat white cream. Oh possible? my goodness! This is just gonna go from slightly hyper to even more yeah. hyper. We're, we're throwing caffeine into. I don't know it. if this is any fun to listen to, but it tastes great. <laughs> so we've had a hundred episodes, and oh, I think over coming. the last two years, this has been one of the highlights of my life. I've really enjoyed oh, doing Rachel. this. It's really fun. Rachel. It's really fun. I've learnt loads. And I feel like you and I. <laughs> have become great friends over the last two years. Do you think we could sustain a friendship if it didn't involve a microphone set between one of, the two of us? One of the great things of doing the Youthscape podcast is that, is, that, is that we have actually become friends. We have become friends. We you used to just be before. a poster on my children's <laughs> workers' wall. And you genuinely are a poster on my children's <laughs> workers' wall. But now you're a friend oh, too. And you used to be 
A washed up. Oh, no, no, oh, come no, on. no, no, no. Come on, you're better than that. We love it. And your book is coming out very soon. But anyway, tell us what has been your favourite episode. Well. Or your favourite interview. What have you well, loved the most? What I mean, I enjoyed. Awesome. I enjoyed interviewing Tim Chaddick because... Oh, did you? Because I love really? Tim Chaddick. Oh, do you? Yeah, deeply. We did not know that. I mentioned that. But um, but that was before we got a proper microphone. Oh. We got a proper microphone at about podcast 12 or 13 when we interviewed... Uh, uh, podcast 11. Graves, wasn't it? No, it was, it was Karen. Oh, yeah, no, you're right. It was Sam. Sam, that's right. So we did... Um, and we the, gave the receipt to Karen. That's right, we gave Karen the receipt... <laughs> The week after. Yeah. Um, but actually, we have... I mean, who is left for us to talk to? Oh, many. On the Usegate podcast? Many still. As I, as I scroll through with my thumb, as yeah. I'm talking to you, uh, all the different podcasts that, that we've done over the last two years, um, I see so many amazing people that we've spoken to. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what I really enjoyed, and they didn't even count. What's that? I really enjoyed doing the Girl Deconstruction Project oh, podcast. Oh, they were fun. They were they really were fun. really fun. Yeah. If you haven't checked those out because you don't think they're canon... Um, dude, go go and listen back because that actually puts us on like 105, yes, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, but those, uh, but I really enjoyed doing those. Yeah. Um, I did an interview with Jendela Benson. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Check that yeah. one out if you haven't heard it. Um, and uh, and then more recently, a couple that I've really enjoyed. Uh, Jenny Baker and I had a really good conversation about her career, particularly around mm-hmm. gender justice. Um, and then uh, and then I did a, a conversation. Um, quite recently with Michael Moyner mm. around innovation mm. where it was one of those times that I just I could kind of feel the wisdom yeah. kind of just seeping out of his pores as he spoke yes. and uh, and he was talking about innovation and um, in a way that, that was completely new to me as somebody who's kind of read and, and studied and yes. thought about innovation and also I just thought everyone listening to this is actually getting something worthwhile yes. and, that's, and that's honestly what you hope for every time we make one of these podcasts you hope that there's something we don't think you're going to get anything out of us. We are just the frosting. <laughs> We're the froth. <laughs> um, but we hope that in the interviews, yeah. you'll get something that you can use and you can take away and, and provoke thought. And after that one, I actually had five or six conversations yes. with people who yeah. said, oh, Michael Moyne, that was brilliant. You know, much better than you two prattling on. It's brilliant. Yeah, less of you, more of them. I, I look back at all of them and, and like you, I really, really enjoyed every one. I think what, what I go away from each interview feeling is, wow people know their stuff it lights them up they're passionate about it and it gives me real hope for youth ministry not that i'm ever dour about it i'm not i'm a very positive person but i just love that that people are my they're slaying in their lane and and people don't i i don't think in my experience any interviewee has come and presented a they've not postured they've not been kind of like oh yeah i know everything like nobody has come kind of trying to bring a fake self. Like, everybody has opened up. They've been really honest about stuff. We genuinely, Martin, have never once written a list of questions to ask any of our guests. That just isn't how we roll. We just start asking questions. And and the be- the wonder of the podcast interview is that the people we ask questions to are amazing. Because we just go, oh, hello, who are you? And they just go for it. So I think for me, the standout one for me was in this very room, and it was with Jamie and Teresa. Do you remember from Eden? Yes. And I, I love every interview, every guest, but there was something about that, like in the room, I just really felt like the weight of God's glory. And I don't mean that as if like no other guest ever brought that, but there was something, like Jamie really, op- really opened up about um, what he would say is kind of a breakdown that he experienced mm. and pouring his life out for these young people in, involved in crime and, 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 it, and just it broke him and God sort of found him and put him back together again. 
And Teresa, who wanted to be a nun and felt God call her to go and live in this housing estate in South London. And, and every day she wakes up and says, God, how can I just be surrendered to you? And they just brought it with such humility. Mm. And it was just like, I was like, oh dear, I couldn't, you know, the tears were crying. I think we, were, we both cried with Nay, lovely Nay Allen, didn't we, as oh, well, yeah. from XLP. So there's been some really powerful moments that have, that have just taken us by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, the interview with Mike Royal talking yeah. about uh, Grenfell. Oh, and uh, he, he yeah, I mean, he spoke us. with yeah. such authority, yeah. such challenge, but also kindness. Mm. It was a sort of, here's a massive challenge to you. Yeah. You need to think about this, but I'm with you. Yes. And I'm, I'm your friend. And I bring yes. this challenge as a friend. If that, that is one definitely people should go and listen yes. back to. Even, you know, even taken from the context of Grenfell, which is a little while ago now, it's still incredibly powerful yes. stuff. Um, what, what people don't get to see, of course, is the, uh, because it's a, an audio medium, mm. they don't get to see the wonder of you and I giving each other these weird hand winks <laughs> and, and, and hand signals. You, are you going to ask the next question? I've got a question. Me now. I haven't spoken for a while. <laughs> Usually it's me saying that I haven't spoken Shut for a while. Um, and, uh, and, but we've perfected it now. It's like, uh, it's like a well-oiled machine. I think it's quite good, isn't it? And it yeah. was so well-oiled that we took it the other week to Lambeth Palace. <laughs> Where we did unravel because we both sat. Shall we, shall we explain yeah, what yeah, happened? Yeah, absolutely. So we asked the dear ABC Archbishop of Canterbury if he would be our 100th, he'd be our guest on our 100th podcast. And he said yes. And we were like, oh, we didn't know you are going to say yes. So we arrived bright and breezy and sat in his office. We did. We were quite naughty in his office. We weren't as naughty as we could have been in his office. We had to physically restrain producer Rachel, who wanted to like do things to his computer for very good reasons, yes, not for naughty yeah, reasons. No. But it, we were just like we, we could just get into all sorts of trouble. But we looked on his bookshelf. We saw all the oh, we saw all the we things people had sent him. She wanted to move his iconography so that we could like oh my goodness, it was a classic moment. And then he arrived. Well, we thought he wasn't going to arrive. No, we we we, we actually we spent today. quite a while because he he. Wanted wasn't, yeah. He wasn't absolutely, I mean, he's a very busy man, so we don't oh hold this against gosh, him, yes. but he wasn't absolutely on time. And there was just that little moment where we looked at each other and we thought, what What if he doesn't come? <laughs> what if he doesn't And then we just have to record you and me in <laughs> Justin Welby's study, just for half an hour, <laughs> talking about nonsense, but always, always wondering whether he's about to pop through the door. <laughs> always hoping. And then, and then he does arrive and something very strange happens. So I hope you can hear all this <laughs> because this is uh, this is a wonderful a wonderful and dramatic thing. Um, but this is podcast one hundred interview one hundred and twenty nine or something. Mm. We're not quite sure, um, but it is with His Magnificence, the Archbishop of Canterbury. The Escape Podcast. I um I I've just been struck by the horrible thought that um that he's not coming. And we are just going to have 20 minutes. And Ruth sat outside laughing yeah. her head off saying, I set this and, up for and you. And podcast 100. Wouldn't that be a wonderful act of humility if we released podcast 100 anyway? Just us. Just you and me but talking for half an hour but in, isn't, in isn't Justin Welby's office. But isn't that arrogance that we think I people would want to tune in for half an I hour? I think people would enjoy us. the... What are they, what's that German? Is it Schadenfreude? No Is idea. that the word? Where you, you enjoy Rachel's somebody else's lovely. discomfort. Oh. I feel like people would love it. It's interesting, the whole thing about waiting, isn't it? When you're mm. just waiting See how you spiritualise that. <laughs> you can make an object lesson out of anything. Just, what's the Lord saying to us as we sit mm. here and wait? Should we just wait on his presence? What could we be doing? What could he... What could we be doing? What else could we be what doing? What could he be saying? We could be interviewing the Archbishop of Canterbury. Imagine if we're in the wrong room. 
imagine if, his, if, if we like then say, oh, actually, let's not do this. Let's go and interview the gardener. And we go and find the gardener. <gasps> and he turns around and it's... Justin Jesus. Well- oh, Justin <laughs> Welby. Oh, Justin Welby. And he's doing the gardening. Oh, that gosh. Awesome. Yeah. You're getting confused with the New Testament. Though, I am. I am. Wow. I'm muddled up. So, uh, this is Monday morning and you yes. are now a youth worker in a proper church and doing all that kind of stuff in it. How yeah. was yesterday in, in, in your church and youth work? Oh, was it was good? nice, actually. Was yeah. it? Oh, we had a lovely little... Oh, oh, time to... Oh, oh, hang on. Oh, hang on a minute. What are you doing <laughs> oh, here? Oh, my goodness. Good to see you. Watch the show. Uh, Hello. Uh, you, why are you here? <laughs> Welcome to Hello. your office. Your office. We think it's your office. How are you? Well, we're well. How are you? I'm fine. How's the family? Very good, thank you. And you? I am surviving brilliantly. I see you're uh, you're you're rocking the blue jumper and uh, and shirt combo, which I'm a fan of. <laughs> Very good. I don't know. It's it was a Christmas present. I like it. So you know. And it's warm. And I hate the cold. <laughs> and it's very cold. It is out. very cold, isn't it? It's freezing. It's freezing. Thank you for your time and letting us be in your office before you arrive. Do you want me it's to light the fire? Oh, that would be amazing. Does it light? Oh, that would be amazing. Oh, he's lighting it. Oh, he's on his knees lighting the fire. This is leadership 2019, isn't it? There we go. While you're on your knees over there, can I ask you how, how you'd like us to address you? Because I feel like the listener will expect us to call you Archbishop. But I also don't think you like that. No, I just, I don't know. There's ambition to be a patriarch. <laughs> so I think, in which case you'd call me your beatitude. Your right. beatitude? Your beatitude, that's or a good alternatively, one. alternatively, your all-holiness. Oh, your all-holiness. Actually, I think the reality is Justin. Oh, all right. Are you sure? We can call yeah. you Justin. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I won't say who, but there's one, it just, it's perfectly conventional where this particular Christian leader is, who is a remarkable, wonderful, wonderful, godly man, but he, uh, he is addressed as your all holiness, mm. and if he's referring to himself, he refers to himself as my humility. Oh, wow. That's Isn't that beautiful. funny? It's beautiful. It's a good balance. It's a good balance. He's a lovely, lovely, godly man. Oh. Just full of the Lord. There you are. Lovely. The fire, fire is lit. It's the nice fire and warm is in on. Here. The fire is lit. The fire is on. Wonderful. God now, is good. A few years ago. Are we not going to pray? Oh, let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. I, don't, I can't get Christians to pray nowadays. <laughs> I don't think they believe in it. I thought you escaped. You were, we you were sort we of into it. this stuff. Would you, would you pray for us? I will pray for you. Thank you. Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ, you are so good mm. to us. You bring us all that we need. You're wonderful and gentle, and yet you challenge us and you mm. call us to a life of uh, the most extraordinary adventure. So bless our time together now mm. and our discussion. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Wow. Right, go for it. Sets up beautifully. A few years ago, I remember Martin, Chris and I, I think 20 minutes appeared in your diary and we were able to come and chat with you. And I, I remember, Justin, looking you across the table and passionately saying to you, Archbishop, we need more youth workers in our churches. And you looked straight back at me and said, no, not more youth workers, more prayer. And that's really stuck with me and influenced quite a lot of what I've been thinking. Could you expand on that? Why is prayer so important because prayer does 
there are libraries full of books on prayer, but I want to pick out two key things that seem to me to be really important. One is when we pray, the Holy Spirit makes us more like Jesus. He touches our hearts and calls us to be obedient to Jesus and calls us to fall more in love with mm. Jesus, which is at the heart of being a Christian. It's intimacy, love. So the first thing is that prayer changes us. And the second thing is prayer changes the world. So if we don't pray, we don't change us and we don't change the world. But apart from that, everything goes fine. Um, and it's just extraordinary when we pray that God takes us by the hand and he says, okay, I love you. You are my child. I'm going to shape you in the way you are the best you could possibly be. What you're really designed to be. Not just what you think you should be, but what I know you should be. Mm -hmm. And that is the best <clears throat> possible person you could be. And then, um, he says, and I want you to come with me and be my partner in changing the world. And we're called to change the world. It's the most extraordinary thing. And, and the other thing is that prayer teaches us truth. There's a very early Christian, all kinds of, I don't know, 1,700 years ago, 1,600, long time ago, Evagarius, who said a theologian is someone who prays rightly. Is that good? Mm. So when we pray rightly, we're doing theology, and theology means understanding God, getting to know God. We never will, but we begin. We take baby steps. Mm -hmm. your, um, uh, your time as archbishops are even marked by these, these three priorities. Um, right from the start, you established these three priorities of prayer, reconciliation, and evangelism. Yes. Um, now, I just wonder, do you feel like those, are they very specifically your priorities as Archbishop? Oh, this no, is, no, no, no. is what I want to drive. Or is this actually um, also for youth ministry, for young people, the most important things? First of all, one of the wonderful things that's happening in the church is we're getting away from sort of soul leaders, hero leaders. Do you, would have been when you were too young. When you were... Um, do you remember a guy called John Wimber? Yes. I do. She's older than me. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> um, John Wimber said the time of the sort of great hero leader is gone. Mm -hmm. It was one of his prophetic words. And it seems to me to make a huge amount of sense because leadership within the Christian community is within the church, is not about great stars, though we always try and make it that way. Mm. Mm. It's about normal people yeah, who are filled with the Spirit mm. and obedient to Christ and who follow Christ. And, for instance, if you look at Peter's first epistle, chapter 5, he says, I write to you he calls them elders or presbyteroi. I mean, church leaders. I write to you, church leaders, as a fellow leader. He doesn't say, I write to you as Peter, you know, the great hero, do as I tell you. He says, I write to you as a fellow leader. 
And so the priorities, those priorities emerge from within the Anglican Communion, what we call the five marks of mission, which are five priorities agreed by the whole Anglican Communion, and within the Church of England from a sort of distilling of those. And they're saying, I can't do everything, so let's just pick three areas that I sense are particularly important at the moment. And so they emerge from being the church. And secondly, are they the same? Everyone has to know what they're called to do. It's what we call discernment. You work out what, what's God calling me to do. But you work it out with other Christians, not by yourself. It's never a sole thing. And prayer, reconciliation, evangelism, those are basic core principles. Prayer, we talked about. Reconciliation. Knowing that you are reconciled to God because God has reached out to you and made things right and you've accepted that he is your Lord and Saviour. And thirdly, evangelism, sharing the good news of Jesus Christ mm. in a way that people can listen to. Mm. Knowing if someone says to you, why are you a Christian? Or says, what did you do yesterday? You say, oh, I was at, um, uh, I was at a gathering at Youthscape. Mm. What's Youthscape? Oh, it's a sort of Christian youth mm. thing. And we get together and what are you doing? We're praying and worshipping and talking and I say, What? <laughs> Why do you do that? Mm. And you say, and what are you gonna say? Because mm. again, the Bible says always be ready to give a reason mm. for what you believe. Mm. Mm. Now the point about being a Christian is it's the greatest adventure on earth. Mm. It's not about making us more comfortable, making us feel better. Sometimes that happens, but there are plenty of Christians around the world who are not comfortable mm. because they're Christians. They are persecuted, mm. they're oppressed, they're uh, all around the world, just really, really suffering. Mm. And the Bible tells us that's what happens. If you follow Jesus who was crucified, you'll go the same way. But it also says that this is the greatest adventure mm. there could be, mm. is to follow Jesus Christ. Mm. You know, you'll, you'll be all kinds of things as a Christian. You'll never be bored. And people listening to this, Archbishop, are youth workers and volunteers all around the country and, and in the States. I think we have some listeners. We have two from, listeners in the States. Two yeah. listeners from the States. Gosh, they're extraordinary. At the moment. <laughs> well, it's not live. It's not live. I didn't think so. I was going to say, I mean, this is... I think one of the things that many Maybe people will, will really know you for um, was the wonderful initiative, or is the initiative, Thy Kingdom Come. Yeah, And we saw huge numbers of young people engage in prayer through, through that initiative, which is fascinating, isn't it? Because in a very post-Christian culture where young people are very dubious of truth and uncertain about authority figures, suddenly this invitation to pray has really captured the imagination of a generation who maybe don't see church as a place that they could explore their spirituality, but suddenly are being invited to, to mm. meet God in a new way. What would you... What your sort of learning from that you'd like to sort of challenge youth workers with what have you seen through thy kingdom come that you'd love youth workers to take the reins of a bit more Oof. well first of all i think youth workers are amazing people i think it's just really brave doing that work and it's really frustrating because you're in the front line mm. and as you know at youthscape someone seems to get going and doing all kinds of great things, and then suddenly, boing, they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. And then they get going again, and it's, it's just extraordinary, which is human, but it's really tough. So they're wonderful people. Secondly, 
thy kingdom come, what do I learn? I learn, I think you put it really, really well. We are rightly suspicious of authority figures. And particularly in the church, there's, our authority should come from service. So what we do in thy kingdom come is to encourage people what to do but to leave them to work out how to do it. So we say pray. Pray for the Holy Spirit to come and warm people's hearts, open people's lives so they will come to living faith in Jesus Christ. How? In whatever way works for you. You know, there's loads of different ways in which we come through Jesus to meet with God. In some traditions you you pray in silence, and others there's really passionate shouting and jumping about and, and, and calling on God very loudly. In others, it's much more structured. In others, it's totally improvised. Um, in some, you use icons and candles and incense and beauty, you know, artistic beauty and culture, going back into the depths of Christian history. In others... It's a, it's a warehouse and yeah. bare walls and a big band and mm-hmm. sp- you know speakers that make that sort of if I had any hair would blow it off <laughs> you know and and that doesn't matter mm. that's not the point the point is are you engaging with God mm. in prayer mm-hmm. so I think the thing about TKC that is so lovely is it's non-directive there isn't a command and control structure Mm. we offer resources not uh, a sort of instruction manual we just say here's loads of things that might help you if it does that's great if you've got something else that's great Mm. get on and pray so listening to what you just said I, I wonder if I know the answer to this already but there's a move in the church towards sort of more cultural relevance. You've got to make the, the, the Christian faith feel more appealing to this generation who've growing up in, in YouTube and, you know, the sort of the digital world. Um, they, 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 um, they have different expectations of what it is to belong to something and, and join in with something. It's got to be cool. It's got to look right. It's got to, um, it's got to have the sort of flashing lights, etc. I'm guessing that you wouldn't think that cultural relevance in that way is particularly important to reaching young people. I think the thing about Jesus Christ that is so wonderful, which is why after 2,000 years people are still coming to Christ the whole time, and why the church is still growing around the world, is he is so far beyond questions of relevance (laughs) He is the Lord who comes and we are so overwhelmed that we fall on our knees. Mm. He is so intimate that we find someone who knows us to the depths of our being and loves us passionately and we know we're loved. Mm. Within the church, when it's at its best, what you see is... Yeah, sure, relevance. People express themselves as they are and who they are. But you see above all intimacy with Christ, genuine relationship with people and with God himself. 
And I think that is beyond relevance. Mm -hmm. It's an, a universal human need that we know that we've got people who love us. And, mm -hmm. and we have this extraordinary community here at, at um, Lambeth Palace, mm. which is called the Community of St Anselm. And we have this year 15 people from, is it nine countries and 12 churches or something like that? And they are radically different in their understanding. Uh, one of them comes from Eusgate, mm, yeah. Ellis. Uh, and what has been fascinating with her uh, as a really normal, amazing young person mm. is seeing how, with everyone else, they've shaped themselves to love each other. Mm. And cope with difference mm. and argue and then work out how to make up when you argue. Mm. And there is an integrity of relationship mm. that mm. I think is what transforms life. Yeah. It means you've got the strength to go on. And when people are really struggling, I was just talking to someone a few minutes ago, you know, just going through a really bleak period. Mm. Well, What can we do for them? I can't wave a magic wand mm, mm. and make everything better, but they can know they're loved and valued. Yeah. We wanted to ask you about that, Justin, because I think what, what happens here in the community of St Anselm, it's a year in God's time, isn't it? It's, yeah. And people might have heard it as that. It's actually 10 months, but it's a bit less snappy. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, is in a way for those of us listening and I, I walk around here and say oh I'd love every single one of the young people that I serve to, to have this opportunity there's something about the melting pot of community yeah, and difference and the rhythm of prayer that I know you as the archbishop you know there's in that sense you are on a level you all pray together you yeah. all make this a priority we I've, kneel on the floor together and yeah. I've been in meetings where you stopped a meeting to go and pray because there's nothing more important to you yeah. than, than praying with that community um, but what, what can we take and and, and as a model that we can do in our own setting we don't have young people living with us 24 7 most of us we see them every now and then we try to build community what what could we take from this that you see that love one another i don't think i was the one who invented that <laughs> i think that's what jesus said love one another as jesus loved us so express that in your own setting that means profound respect for the integrity of the other you know that anything that is abusive anything that's manipulative is so deeply and profoundly wrong because it disobeys that command mm. of Jesus to love one another because mm. God in his love does not manipulate us abuse mm. us he takes us as we are there is absolutely integrity absolute integrity in that love secondly have places where people are able safely to be honest with one another to offer and receive forgiveness for hurts they've done to pray with and for others and to be prayed for in a way that is safe space i would i'm increasingly cautious about praying just one one on one mm. at any great depth because i think that's where you need two people to be accountable mm, that's why you know, and Jesus sent his disciples, his disciples out in twos to support each other and to hold each other accountable. Mm. And I guess as well what you're saying inherently is 
actually as youth ministries and as youth workers, unity among churches is a great opportunity for young people to meet other young people who they can journey Yeah, oh yeah, different. jump the boundaries, jump the boundaries. I mean, wow, it's so extraordinary when you do that. Um, I had an amazing conversation on Friday with um, some people who are in the process of starting a community very like St. Anselm uh, in the United States. And there may be more than one starting there. And it involves jumping national boundaries, it involves jumping denominational boundaries, church boundaries, it involves jumping cultural boundaries. It's pretty scary, because jumping boundaries takes you outside where you're comfortable. Mm. And people ask you questions and say, well, why, do you, why do you think like that? You know, what, what makes you think that's the right way to be? Mm. And you suddenly realize that all your assumptions about how we live are very culturally defined. And the ones that Jesus calls us to start with that command, love one another. Mm. So I think the, uh, the adventure of community I mean, you say a melting pot. Melting involves a lot of heat. It's not comfortable. Mm. And yes, we are in a melting pot when we're in community. And it's oh, difficult. But on the other hand, it's an adventure. Absolutely. Christian discipleship, being a Christian, is not gooey, do-goodery, it is the biggest adventure there could be. What a message. What a message mm. for 2019 for youth workers. Yeah. And, and, and I, guess, I, I guess finally, it, what strikes me as you're talking is actually the, the simplicity of what you're saying. Yes. It's actually incredibly simple, yeah. isn't it? it and I, I wonder whether we get in the way. We talked about relevance. We talked about the, the desire that many of us still have to, to, towards platforms and being the big hero oh. leader. I think it's one of the things that holds most youth workers back the most is that the sense of, oh gosh, I should be on a platform somewhere. Um, but actually what you're saying is, is incredibly simple. It is, but it's incredibly challenging. <laughs> um, and the simplicity is held up by a structure that is, you know, that gives us what God has done so simply for us is so profound that we could think about it, we will think about it and delight in it for all eternity and not get to the bottom of it. <laughs> That's the extraordinary thing that, you know, there's no saying I remember being taught when I was a child, that not when I was a child, when I first became a Christian, that someone said, you know, the point about Christian faith is it's simple enough for the smallest child to paddle about. And it's deep enough for the greatest theologian never to be able to get to the bottom. Oh, that's brilliant, <laughs> and, isn't it? And I think it's just... Great. That's not original to me. I think it, 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 that is the difficulty. And what's the problem? It's ourselves. And it's yeah. our own complexities and the way we want power for ourselves. I lo I've been reading uh, recently and, and in, uh, in my own scripture reading, my private devotion, and I came a, across the, the, um, the word, the Greek word for, for humility and what it means to be humble. 
And I've stuck in that just thinking about that word and looking it up in different contexts around the Bible and studying how it was used for about a week now. Just one word. Because, and the more I look at it, the more I think that's not where I am and that's where I should be. And, and the great thing about humility is that the model for humility is Jesus. Philippians chapter 2. Though he was equal to God, he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped. But he humbled himself mm. and became like a servant. Mm. And we think, oh yeah, yeah, obviously. Great stuff. We know <laughs> that. When you go back to those times, humility was seen as wrong. Not, not good. Gosh. Aristotle and the Greeks believed that humble people were bad. It was the poor who were humble because they didn't have anything to be proud about. And you needed oh, wow. to make your name. You needed to push forward. Wow. You needed to be important. You, know, you go right the way back to Homer and the great heroes of the sort of siege of Troy. What was significant? They wanted their name to echo down the ages. Mm. And how much of that is still true for us? Hmm. But Jesus did the exact opposite. And because of that, God exalted him. And his name echoes down and the ages. And his name echoes down the ages. Amen. Wow. His name is our name. Well, that is a great challenge for, yeah, for leaders to you. end on. I know I yes. feel challenged now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just going to go and read the Greek word for humility. Many times this Many week. Many times over. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much, Justin. Still find it tough calling you Justin. Why? You didn't kick him in the shins though. Have you seen these boots? I got into I know, they are boots. really. Are you, are you nervous? Because like your shin is right there. But they look exactly like those toe caps. There's a, a very old film in the days when Sean Connery was James Bond. Oh, yeah. Uh, called From Russia with Love. And the baddie in From Ooh, Russia with Love is, is a woman who is as tough as nails and she has shoes and like that. As tough as and, and a little. Sort of oh, spike yeah, comes, comes out, out the end. Yes. Comes out well, with poison on the end of it. I should check. No, there's nothing there. You're fine. You're safe. You're safe, my friend. There you go. Well, that's a better way to end. Yeah, that is. That's a much better way to end. <laughs> the Youthscape Podcast. He's such a nice man. I just, want, I just want to say, like, he is, he is the most down-to-earth, normal man. He, he says, mm. like, he, he just, he laughs about mm. the fact sometimes that he's in this position. He's got wonderful, genuine humility. He does, um, but he carries real presence, though, absolutely. as well, doesn't he? And, uh, and, and so I think when he came in the room, there was a definite switch, not just because of the kind of the positional role that he carries but who he is he yeah. does you know you want to stop and listen to him he's a, yeah. he's a I loved what he said about youth leaders and how significant it is that there are people like you and me lovely listeners and Martin of course let's involve him as well and I just I loved that honouring of the role of the calling because mm. we joke about it don't we, we joke about how it's like you know it's a stop gaps or sort of more serious leadership in the church and, and both of us feel really strongly that it's not a stepping stone to something better for some people it is part of their calling into something else um, and the prayer is that once you've caught the youth ministry bug that will always influence your leadership but for many of us this is where we'll hold we'll hold steady here yeah and that matters yeah and uh 
And there's something about the teenage years which mm. requires specialists. And, and not specialists who are going to do it for two years, but who are going to get really good at it, who are going to read and mm. pray and think about and learn about how to pastor young people. And then they're going to stick there for the long term. And we mm. need, you know, in the States... I mean, I don't want to go on about it, but, but in the we're States... Friends, yeah, we're friends live in the States. Where, my friend, where yeah. all my friends live. But in the States, you quite often meet uh, youth pastors in their 40s, 50s, and even 60s who've been in youth ministry all their lives. Now, we know why that is much rarer in the UK, but, um, but I'd like to see more mm. of those people. There are mm. some in the UK, but, but I'd like to see more of them in the UK. And, um, and I'm committed to be one of those people. Mm, yes. And I think, um, I think also we have wonderful volunteers who need yes. to know that if they're in their 30s and 40s, my goodness, the worst thing I ever hear, even in my own context, is I'm getting on a bit now. I'm getting a bit old for youth ministry. I rebuke you in yes. Jesus' name yes. if you say that because, because it's not true. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, young people yeah. don't need flashy, kind of cool, down with it no. you know, youth leaders. They need people who will listen yes. to them and love them. Yes, and, and will be authentic. And and Justin, I find it very hard to call him Justin, but that's I think that's why I think that interview was so precious for us as our hundredth episode because I think in a way he pulled together all these disparate threads of all the podcast interviews, all mm. the great expertise, people slaying in their lane, but it's pulled together under this one idea that it's actually very simple. We love Jesus and we love young people, and it's very, very simple. Yeah. And I think the profound things that we've uncovered in, in over these two years has been what's happened when adults any age, any background who love Jesus and love young people have showed up, they've stayed put, they've learned, they've listened, yeah. they've agitated. And but it's that very that simplicity that is so powerful. I think that's that's why I loved it that he was our guest because he understands things profoundly and he communicates them really simply. And that I think is what is such a great gift to us. Mm. Stay put, love Jesus, love young people, hold steady, lean in, listen, learn. That's all we're called to do. Yeah. And then all the rest of the stuff like falls in line with that, actually. That's right. So uh, we're not going to have a shout-out list uh, this week on the 100th Youth Tech Podcast. Why is that? Because this one goes out to you. Ah, uh, to me? No, not to you. <laughs> Don't ruin it. Don't ruin it. <laughs> to everyone. This one is about the youth leader, the listener. Yes. So, um, so this is a shout-out for you because we love you. This is why we do it, because we think you're wonderful and yes. you are part of the most extraordinary and wonderful calling in the world. Yes. Don't ever doubt it. Don't ever doubt Keep it. Keep doing it. Recruit others to do yes. likewise. Okay? Yes. Don't stop them being leaders in politics and media and all these other, all this other nonsense. We need more youth leaders. <laughs> well, they can do that as well. No, we need more people who are, who are going to do youth ministry. Can I just say that I was down in Exeter recently and um, I met with second Exeter girls' brigade leaders. Yeah. Four women, three of them in their 20s, one of them in her 50s. Do you want to know what these women do in their everyday jobs? One of them is a midwife, one of them is an optometrist, one of them works in John Lewis, and one of them is a doctor. And they run girls' brigade Exeter in their free time. These are women in their 20s and one yeah. in their 50s. And I just looked at them as like, that's it, you've got it. Like, you've got the bug, you're professional women, you're going great places, you're really busy, you've got full lives, and you are absolutely prioritising working with girls in this particular estate. And you're, you've come to say to me, how can we do more? How can mm -hmm. we get this bigger? Like, that's incredible. Yeah. And that gives me amazing hope. And everyone, every time you talk to a youth leader, they've, yes. got, they've got an amazing story of how they got there, what they do, yes. what they've had to sacrifice yep. 
to make youth ministry yes, work. And so, so yeah. our tiny little gift to you yes. each week is to keep this? you going. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit pathetic, really, you put it like that. Um, is, uh, Thank you for taking it. Is the Youthscape podcast. And uh, here's to 100 more. Thank you so much for being with yes, us. We'll thank see you. you next time. Get your hands in the air, 100. It's our 100th episode. Did I you just so write some theme music? I did. I wrote the theme tune. I sang the theme tune. That's brilliant. The Youthscape podcast is free and it always will be free, but you can support us by going to patreon.com forward slash youthscape.